welcome to the Eric in the Morning podcast on 101.9 The Mix Chicago. All right, take it away, Eric. Stuffing versus dressing. The kind of question that drives a wedge between sisters. <laughs> That's what Hannah said. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. So funny. Yeah, we're Over 16 days out. They're not <laughs> speaking. Could be a very dark Thanksgiving holiday, unless we can get an answer to this. Stuffing versus dressing, because there is a difference. Three one two two three three one zero one nine. Jane. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, the difference is stuffing stuffed in the bird. That is exactly right. <laughs> God. Under most circumstances, what? it's That's a the trick question. No, it's not. It's the exact <laughs> same ingredients to some degree. Everybody does it a little differently. But if it's cooked in the bird, mm-hmm. it's yeah. stuffing and tastes different as the or if it's cooked outside the bird, then it's dressing. So I get it, because if it's in the bird, it's stuffed. Stuffing. Thank you, Melissa. And if it's See, outside, I... it's dressing the outside of the plate and right. the bird. I get that, but it, it, it's... Okay. Well, it's, it tastes it's different. It tastes completely different. Is it be- Okay, so it absorbs all the turkey juices, right. so that's why, but it's still considered different and not well, the same? Well, every, everybody makes it differently. Yeah, the ingredients, the ingredients can are be all altered, different. But how it's cooked ultimately affects how it tastes and how it looks and how it's added yeah, to how the How it's meal. presented. Well, right. because like huh. dressing is is like crunchy, right. you right. know? It's, it's not soggy. Right. Do you prefer stuffing or dressing, Jane? I actually prefer dressing. I do as well. Yeah. I do as well. Yeah. Can I tell you guys something really funny? I would love that. <laughs> okay. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I, I live in Gurney. I see. I can probably say that. But, gotcha. Um, I, the, the big thing to eat there is turkey and dressing sandwiches. Okay. In Wisconsin or Gurney? In, in Wisconsin. Gotcha. Okay. You cube, you cube turkey and mix it with oh. dressing. And then put it between a bun. Oh, that, oh, that sounds, sounds really good, though. Who wouldn't want it, that? You put a little cranberry, like canned cranberry on that? Oh, no. Sorry. That's no. The way served is only like mm. that. Can you, you, melt, you melt cheese over it because it's Wisconsin? Do you do that? Some melted cheese that, in there? It sounds delicious, yeah. but usually it's just plain, but right. it, it's really, it is really good. So God bless the Cheddar Stilvers and try it this year and let us know on the radio. Okay. All right. All right. We'll do Deal. that. Thank you, Jane. Uh, and Denise, so let me grab Denise. She's been very patient. Denise, do you agree with everything you've just heard? I do agree with everything I just heard, but I prefer the stuffing from the inside of the turkey. You like it uh, fresh out of the bird. You like it a little, uh, with a little turkey flavor and a little soggy. Correct, because... The outside dressing tends to dry out. And you I know, like you, you do make a good point. You make a good point. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Yes, Although, uh, does it make me a bad person that I really don't like either? No, not at all. Yes. There's a lot of people that don't like turkey dressing or stuffing or anything else in that matter. Is but it? Yeah, right. No, you're fine. Right. Is, it's delicious no matter how you eat it. And that sandwich sounded good. I may have to try that. I off. know. <laughs> makes me want to bring in my Wisconsin sure. friends and go, let's rip this thing up. When, when it cranberry sauce, because I like the cranberry sauce. Yeah, me too. Yes, Melissa. Sorry. When it comes to the dressing, <laughs> so you're very, I know. You're very angst-ridden by this. Well, because, you know, this is kind of a, even a hot topic in my house, um, and it always has been with the family, because they'll make this, they'll go 
way above and beyond with like the the, the dressing, and then half the people don't eat it or mm-hmm. stuffing, whatever you want to call it. Right. So, is it the breading that you don't like, or is it like the onion and celery part that you don't like? Uh, what, I'm just what, not a breading guy. I just don't like you know breading in general. And we made this uh, completely stereotypical observation before. Sure. Like think about when you go to a restaurant and they put bread on the table. Who dives for it first? Generally, the women. It seems like. For whatever reason, it seems like women love bread mm-hmm. in any form, any fashion, any way. Men okay. might love bread, but yeah. not to the same degree that women love oh, bread. Oh, okay. You know, I, the the stuffing slash dressing, don't you feel like it's a little bit of an acquired taste? Because I feel like just the general overall presentation mm-hmm. of it and everything. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was kind of like, get that away. But then once I tried it, I'm kind of yeah. like, oh, now I can eat like buckets of this stuff. Really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree. Look what it yeah. looks like, though. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of it gro- gross. It, it seems gross. It's like sloppy and bleh. But yeah. then you know what? It's still really good. And chunky and you're not quite sure what you're eating. Yeah, the it's consistency just is just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But. Not going to lie to you. This is way too much analysis. Of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask a question. It's like seven minutes analysis. <laughs> some breaded stuffing. Tis the uh, season. Yeah, I guess so. All right, uh, top three bars. They just uh, released a list of the world's 50 best bars. Chicago is nowhere to be found, uh, which proves they don't know nothing. Yeah. Uh, top three places uh, you would like to go. 312-233-1019. Your hangs. We have some agreement on this. Watch this. At number three, we have a tie. Hi, Max. You vote for... Uh, the hang-up in Old Town. The hang-up in Old Town. You're right, Max, because, Kristen, what do you say? The hang-up. There it is. <laughs> yeah. You a lot should of go agrees. together. The hang-up in Old Town. That's They play a lot of 80s music of that one, right? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I have wandered in there back in uh, the yeah. days when you were allowed to wander. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. Totally. They were like 18 months ago when you could wander. Oh, yeah. And just in walk and out of in, bars. Walk Is this the floor sticky in there? All bars' floors are no, sticky. It's not a good bar till it gets sticky. I think it's extra sticky on those floors. Uh, and number two, best <laughs> bar, Bob, the best hang. Best hang is Rock Island Public House, Blue Island, Illinois. Oh, South I love the Jeff. islands. I love vacationing in the oh, islands. Man. Rock Island, Blue Island, all the islands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the Rock Island Public House in Blue Island. Ask for Bob. <laughs> and finally, in at number one, Nick, the best bar to hang? The bar in my basement. There it is. <laughs> that is so 2020. Right. That is so covid isn't it? Yeah, it's what, so what do you got COVID. down there? You got a you got a beer light? Uh we've got oh, we don't have a beer light yet, but I've got a whole uh, display of rare bourbons. Oh, well, I might actually show up at this bar then. <laughs> <laughs> rare bourbons. Now you're starting to speak my language. Now do you shoot those or sip them? Oh, you don't shoot them at yeah. all. Oh yeah. A rare oh. bourbon? You don't <laughs> shoot that. Savor it. Shame on you. How uh, do you go neat on that or do you throw a big cube in there, Nick? I throw a small cube. Small cube. You got to let the ice cut it a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now we're getting How long do you sip on that to make it like, So you just can't feel right? your face? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pretty much. I just fell out of my chair. Yeah. 312-233-1019. Uh, <laughs> Indian woman sues new husband after finding out he's bald. Apparently he'd been wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. She's like, wait a minute, that isn't your real hair. And then I had thrown out, okay, well, that's kind of like, you know, when a guy wears a baseball hat, and I, you know, I'm, I do this as well. And then he takes it off, and you go, whoa. Like, I have the exact opposite problem. It doesn't hide the fact that a receding hairline for me. It, when I put a hat on, it looks like I have no hair. It makes you look oh. bald. Like, you can't see hair anywhere. It's just a hat. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, 
That's interesting. Yeah. I never uh, noticed that, though. What is the female equivalent of a guy wearing a hat to hide his hairline? Sarah. A woman wearing a push-up bra. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a good one. Yep. Yeah, right nice about that. padded push-up. The more padding, the more deceiving, I yeah, guess. Double it true. up. Uh, what, hey, Sarah, what percentage yeah. of women would you say uh, own and wear a push-up bra? Mm, I think own got to be, like, close to 80 or 90. Wow. Now, actually wear yeah, yeah. maybe, like, half. Half. 50% of uh, women are wearing push-up bras, on average, you're thinking. Probably. Wow. It depends what kind of shirt you're wearing, you know? Wow. wow. And I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, Melissa? Well, I was just wondering if you guys feel deceived. Do you feel deceived well, from I mean, a push, push-up bra? Well, I'm, like, it is let deceiving. down? It is deceiving, but down. I wouldn't go to the, the length of let down because we're just happy to be there at that point. Oh, for sure. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's but good to know. surprised, we might go, ooh, that isn't oh, really I was, what I expected, right. but I'm still pretty happy. Okay. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> really? Curious. Wow. Okay. Usually, right? I agree. Uh, Carrie, what is the female equivalent of the guy wearing a hat to hide his hairline? Spanx. Spanx. Another good one. You're right. Spanx. Yep. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Okay, let's uh, ask you the same question, Carrie. What percentage of women own Spanx and wear them? I would probably say about at least half. At least for, like, formal events. Definitely then over half. Okay. All right, do you think the Indian guy who got caught with the wig and his wife is suing him for divorce, if he found out she was wearing Spanx, could he countersue? Uh, probably. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just trying sure. to be his lawyer right now. Counter I think so. Yeah. Look at you do looking have, at it from both ways. Do we have any grounds we can countersue? <laughs> All right, let's find out the top three things that well, everybody's talking about. What's trending on Twitter right now? Violetta at number three. We have Nelly trending after not being eliminated. Is it hot in here? Uh, ah. Come on, come on. Very nice. That was amazing. Thank you. Wow. I don't know that I would go to amazing. No, it really was. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Thanks. Okay, so he wasn't eliminated last night from Dancing with the Stars. The selling sun. Oh, hot in. So hot in her. Uh, this is like my favorite goody. song. Oldie but goodie. That's right. Uh, hey. Right, back to you. I don't know how many of the next words that you're allowed to say. Uh, the selling Sunset Star, Chris Shell, was unfortunately sent home. Okay. And what show is that again? Selling Sunset. I Dancing don't... with the Stars? Oh, yeah. It's Dancing with the Stars. That's the show. Yes. Yeah, all right. Good thing I didn't know that. Uh, trending on Twitter number two. <laughs> so, Ellie Lilly, COVID antibody. Eli dr- Lilly. Eli, Eli Lilly, <laughs> COVID antibody drug. Gets- Ellie is Eli's cousin. <laughs> right. Ellie is probably a descendant of us <laughs> for a lot of money. I right. was thinking of the pancake place, uh, Ellie. No, 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 it's Eli. Eli Lily. Okay. That's adorable. <laughs> like Ellie's, Ellie's cheesecake is oh, pretty fantastic. good, too. That's fantastic. That's very oh good. Okay. So you guys probably have already heard that they got FDA emergency clearance. But the thing that is trending on Twitter is Old Black Betty because the experimental treatment is called Bam Lanivam. And everybody's saying that it reminds them of Old Black Betty, Bam and Lamb. Yeah, Old All Black right. Betty. Okay. Bam and Lamb. Yeah. Bam All right. And trending on Twitter, number one. <laughs> also an oldie, but a goodie. Yeah. oldie, but a goodie. <laughs> that one's a real oldie. Yeah. That's right. Um, it's a new day, so there's some new You Can Only Keep Three trends. Today, film fans are choosing which three baseball movies they would save so mm-hmm. far. You gotta go there, Bull Durham. Yeah. That is number one. You gotta go uh, Field of Dreams. That is number two. What about Base. that old Tom Hanks one with the girls? Uh, oh, League of Their Own. League of Their Own. No, I don't think that made it. That good one. Make it? 
Third baseball movie. What am I? How about forgetting? Trouble with the Curve with Justin Timberlake and uh, uh, Clint Eastwood? I don't, I don't see no. that one. Happening. <laughs> oh, what's the one? Uh, Fever Pitch. Jimmy what's Fallon the one with Robert Redford. The Natural. Oh, the Natural. There you go. Oh. The natural. So actually, there isn't a third trend at the moment. Oh, okay. It's just oh. those two. Oh. Right. Um, but Sandlot's on the list. Oh, Moneyball, the, yeah. the rookie, oh, yeah. Money Money Little Big League, yeah. rookie of the go. year, okay. the babe. Uh, now I feel like going and watching a baseball movie. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Talking about your parents, you're like you know, yeah. moving my dad to Florida. Sure. You know, for part of the year, he's doing that. He is. Uh, hold on, Melanie. I think he might be moving into Melanie's house. Hold on, Melanie. <laughs> we'll get to you in a second. Okay. Uh, they say in a new survey, many people are planning to move now that they can work remotely. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those people, Kim? Hi, Kim. Um, well, yes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I decided to uh, mm-hmm. retire, mm-hmm. and my husband is now uh, working in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Remotely, and I'll join them as soon as uh, my house gets sold here. Wow. So now, wait a minute, because there's a difference between just we retired and we're moving to Arizona versus the well, world that we live I in am- now has caused us to decide, all right, well, we can do our work from anywhere. Is it, so it, which one is that? Well, I'm retired. My okay. husband is not. Gotcha. He's working remotely. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's like, he, he left before you even had a chance to see him. Like, he jumped on a plane and said, I am out of here. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, he found a place, so yeah, then uh, yeah. I have to stay here and wait till ours is sold. Sure, but he can so, go anywhere and work. Yeah, he can work anywhere. He'll right. work out of the dining room in Arizona just as easily, right? Yep. That's true. There we go. That's what we're looking for Makes right there. Makes sense. And then we said, okay, well, there have to be moments where we can flip-flop it, right? Yeah. Well, oh, fine. Yeah. Well, why not move here then? Yeah. Hi, Melanie. Hi, how are you? Uh, good. Uh, they say that people are planning to move now that they can work remotely. You're one of those people? I am definitely one of those people, but I'm trying to move back to your area. There we go. Oh, that's what we want to hear. Are. Yeah, come home to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that should be our new like catchphrase. That uh, that all in Illinois, that's yeah. lame. Right, right. forget that. that Old news. lame. <laughs> and we should be doing come back to Chicago. Come exactly. Home. Come home. Home. home, you're right. Come home. Uh, where do you live now, Melanie? St. Petersburg, Florida. I see. All right. Whoa, and you've decided this is uh, awful. Yeah, I got to get out of here. Yeah, Whoa. why? <laughs> uh, well, we, I moved here with my dad about a year ago uh, from Kenosha, and we thought it would be a great change of pace for us and change of scenery, and it's not. Yeah. 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 I get very that. Very excited yeah. to move back. Is yeah. it boring or what? Um, the culture's a little different. Obviously, it's been Freaks. a challenging year with coronavirus. Right. I, I listen to the radio station every day They're at work, awful. and I, have to, I laugh hysterically when Freaks from Florida is on, because they all look at me funny. I'm like, oh, sorry, it's just something yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'll like, listen, and we'll play. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Love Freaks it. from Florida. Duh. Oh. And they're like, what is that? Yeah. You're right. not one of us. Are. Yeah, it's you. That's great. No. All right, so when are you coming back? As soon as I find a job, so please do a little bit with me on the radio, and uh, as soon as we get a job, we can be packed and ready to go. And what do you do in. for a living, Melanie? I was in pharmaceutical sales for many years, and then took time off to care for my mom and be her living caregiver. There you go. And she passed away, so I currently am working for a healthcare company in Florida. Um, All right, well, yeah, we gotta find one up here somewhere. I mean, oh, yeah. we got a lot of pharmaceutical companies up here. We're good. Uh, it's true, Melissa. We have to push the new phrase. Come home. home. Secret Eric in the morning off-air poll has just been conducted. Uh, this is kind of uh, sort of in your wheelhouse as well, Whip. Uh, okay. 
Uh, when, uh, when are you supposed to... When is a good time to have the talk? Uh, when's that show on, you mean? <laughs> What's the phrase on that one? Yeah, it's always a good time for the talk. Thank you, Whip. Thank yeah. you. Is that show still on, by the way? I think so. All right, I know you love your daytime TV. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. 2 o'clock-ish. Uh, Violetta made us all incredibly uncomfortable by oversharing a few moments ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, you'll never hear a phone alarm the same way ever again. Although I know many women do this and are all nodding in agreement that sure. they, there's a certain alarm that's set off at a certain time for a, a certain medication. Yep. Yeah. Which we learned. Uh, so that's why this fits together nicely. The Secret Eric in the Morning Off Air poll. Hey, Rick. Yes. Hi. How Hi. old were you when your parents had the sex talk with you? 14. 14. Do you remember? Remember? Take three. Remember it vividly? Not really. I'm an old guy, so it was a long time ago. Who did it? Dad or mom? My dad. We were in the car, and he basically said, use protection. Right. Big help. That was about to to talk. Yeah. (laughs) That's the extent of it. That's Mm. valuable information to get. Amy. Yeah. How old were you when you got the talk? 13. 13. Mm. Mom or dad? Mom. I wonder if dads ever give the talk to girls. I don't think so. Well, oh, I God, think I don't they, want to. Yeah. I think they can. They just have to of approach it can. in a total. Yeah, but they have to approach it in a completely different way from like the whole, this is what guys are up to. Well, that's exactly is, what I'm thinking. You know? and that's why we don't. Everything oh. you're saying is the reasons why we don't. No, why? Well, as general, because we. You don't really have the business to right. You can't approach it by talking about the girl parts. Right, you, have you to do approach it, if, it from the guy parts. You do it if you have to, but you really hope there's an alternative person, you yeah. know, mother or somebody else. Like totally, you YouTube find an aunt, YouTube clip, a, YouTube aunt. clip, <laughs> a YouTube yeah. clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably actually very moms. effective. Oh, yeah, hilarious. yeah. I bring this up because a new study says parents are waiting way too long to have the talk with their kids. <laughs> we just spoke to ten people off the air. Didn't tell them the question ahead of time. Said, how old were you, uh, were you when you got the talk? What do you think the average age was? Average? Um, 12? 12. Whip. Uh, 13. 13. Violetta. 15. 13 it is. 13 years old. Melissa, how old were you when you got the talk? Just uh, just an age. All I'm looking for. My mom never gave me the talk. Uh, no talk. She never said a word to me yeah, about anything. Look how look how everything turned out great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's right. How <laughs> oh, dare she? <laughs> Whip. You see what happened. Uh, I remember the, the the entirety of the talk was that my mom asked me if I had any questions. I said <laughs> no, and that was that. All right, so your mom actually had the talk with you. She approached it, and I shut it down, and that was that. I think I do was you, 12. Do you feel maybe, maybe, ele- maybe 11? You I don't shut know. it down. <laughs> do you feel that maybe your mom and dad had a conversation between themselves and, you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors to see who had to do it? Could be. I don't really know how they came to that uh, decision, and I never cared. Uh, Violetta, how old were you? Um, my My parents never really had the talk with me, um, but I did have a friend when we were like, like 11 or 12 like her mom when she drove us to gymnastics would always like tell us about like 
all these diseases to avoid and like scare tactics. Yeah, she just would tell yeah. us all the. You know, I won't say it because you know I'm Thanks. worried that you don't want to hear <laughs> those words. Yeah, um, but like a lot of them, just like she'd say them we over and over. Kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't need a big long explanation. Right. We got it. Okay, that's your mom, it. your mom, your so, mom's, your friend's mom in the car told you to avoid the gonorrhea. We got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, you said it. I like you, Melissa. Never got the talk. No. And of our ten callers that we took, the first three said that. Seriously? They never got to talk at all. Wow, ever. I'm kind of surprised. I thought I'm not. Really? I'm not. I thought most people. Got I think the talk. Uh, most people avoid the talk like the plague. Not that that's a good thing, but it's just the reality of yeah. how things are. I mean, sure. look, Whip's mom really didn't want to have the talk, and thankfully, Whip uh, bailed her out and shut her down before she had a chance to really get into the good stuff. I mean, what do you <laughs> even talk about? Yeah, she didn't push it either. I don't remember her being like, "Okay, are you sure? Okay, really?" No, she was just like, "Okay." <laughs> Like, even as a parent, I, I don't even have other parents say to me, uh, you know, have you had the talk? Are we supposed to have the talk? How do you have the talk? We don't even talk about it as parents. No. Right. no. Like, don't, like, I'm uncomfortable Seriously. talking with other parents about it. Right. Yeah. Like, totally. That's your business. You do it the way you want right. to do it. I don't even know what age to do that. They do something in school anyway. Let them handle You haven't done it with your uh, son yet? He's nine. It's time. <laughs> no. It is time. No. He doesn't quite For sure. get that's things what this, right now. That's what this study says, that parents think in their minds, you wait till 12, 13, 14. This study says you need to be having that talk significantly earlier. I know. It's different nine for guys and feel, girls. Yeah. He's like, boys are so immature. Well, I think I have to wait till he's like 11. No. I'm going to tell you right now, there's not going to be a huge difference between 9 and 11 well, on his maturity level. They, it's they not do. like he's all of a sudden going to be watching like uh, news programs on Sunday morning at 11. No, no, but there's a big difference. Like every year, like at that young, young age, they just there's this big jump in maturity every year and understanding of like life in the world. And so <laughs> I I don't feel like he's ready. Like I don't think he'll you want to talk about it with you. No your, offense, just, ever. Just your approach to it. I don't want you to have the talk with him. Yeah, yeah no I feel like yeah. you're going to have diagrams, yeah. examples, and fruits. Oh, man. 312-233-1019, a survey has found that both men and women believe the top dating deal breaker is when the other person has bad, bad what, Danielle? Is it manners? Manners. That's a very popular answer. Unfortunately, oh. it is not the correct one, although yeah. I might agree with you. Bad manners are really going to hurt their cause. Definitely. Mm. Really bad what, Linda? Breath. Breath. Also a good answer. Oh. Also should have been there. Also probably a deal. Oh, wow. That was the guess. I think okay. it was uh, thought it was that. That's not she, it. She always gets such a swagger about her thinking she knows these, and she doesn't. Oh, my God. That's so right, though. No, it's not. Both men and women believe the top dating deal breaker is bad what, Nora? Hmm? Exactly right. Oh. Bad teeth. Bad yeah, teeth. So I get, get that. Get to your dentist before the end of the year if they're still on your insurance. Be allowed to check in her teeth. Bad <laughs> teeth. Nicely done, Nora. How's your morning? Um, pretty good. Pretty yeah. good so far. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. make it slightly better. According to the dating site First Date, bad teeth is a top dating deal breaker for both men and women. Men and women both agree, though, that what is the perfect thing to do on a first date? What do you think it is? Both men and women agree on this as well. This kiss? is the they perfect first agree? date. No, to do other than just get right to the kiss oh. prior to the kissing. <laughs> so not with each other. Right, it's a part of the date, like your first date. Dinner. Uh, Dinner eat. at a local restaurant. Oh. Yeah. Was that uh, question that confusing? No. I actually thought you were going to say, like, 
smile? Like, what should you do on a date to, like, make no, no, yourself no. Both men and women agree that this is perfect for the first date. Okay. That would be a quiet dinner at a local restaurant. Remember when you were able to do that? That Remember was nice. that? Barely. Yeah. <laughs> 35% of men want women to dress in comfortable clothing on a first date. They do? I don't know what that means. Wait, men what? want women to? Yes. Men want women to dress in comfortable clothing, probably for uh, easier removal. At least they hope so. Oh. Okay. 31% of women say men should never take them to a bar on a first date. Really? Which is the only place Violetta wants to go. Yeah, pick date. me up there. We'll go back there. Right. We'll- pick you up at the bar. <laughs> Boy, that's saying something. <laughs> a lot is going on in the last 24 hours alone. The vaccine news that broke, the market went crazy hearing it, the Pfizer vaccine. Governor Pritzker came out with more mitigations. And, of course, you keep hearing about hospitalizations rising, and the infection rate, I think, was above 12% yesterday here in the state of Illinois. So all that being uh, said in the last 24 hours, it seemed like a perfect opportunity to welcome back our uh, good friend, Dr. Kevin Most, the chief medical officer with Northwestern Medicine at Central DuPage Hospital. Hey, Dr. Most. Good morning, guys. How you doing? I don't know. How are we doing? How are we doing? We doing okay? (laughs) Yeah, I think we are. You know, uh personally very optimistic for the long term very cautiously concerned about the near term so but uh, obviously the news yesterday was was great mm-hmm. news and uh very promising let's talk about that news so pfizer yeah. came out and said uh we have this uh, vaccine it's got a 90 percent efficacy rate which none of us knows what that means but that sounds good what exactly are we talking here do we have a solution for covid19 yeah so let's talk first about the effective rate if you look at the influenza vaccine right now, we're very happy when we get an influenza vaccine rate of about 60%. Mm. Still gives us some kind of herd immunity there. But let's take uh, vaccines like measles or polio. Those are 93, 95, 97%. Oh. For us to get the first vaccine out of a potential, we'll say six in the next few months, that's hit 90% is outstanding. Mm. This is the one that is, you know, uh, you guys want to go back to Lollapalooza and you want to mm-hmm. go back to sporting events. This is the one uh, when you hear that is very promising. And the biggest thing that's probably more promising is the same platform that they made the Pfizer vaccine, they made the Moderna vaccine, and that'll be the next one out. So now potentially you could have two vaccines that are going to be over 90% effective. All right, wow. let's talk about now with that great news, getting it out to the public at large, because the news yesterday also said that obviously first responders and those in dire circumstances would receive the vaccine first once it's approved and we move on. When do you anticipate as a professional in your field, the general public could expect to be able to walk into their doctor, get the vaccine and potentially resume some level of normal life? Yeah, when we start doing the math, we're looking probably at May, June. So if you just run through the math really quickly, you have 250 million adults in the United States. We need about 75, 70% for herd immunity. So we need about 175 doses. Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca have already told us that if they all come out okay, which it looks like they're all going to, we could potentially have 250 million doses by summer of next year. So that's, that's the real promising part. Yeah. Now it's everyone has to be, okay, let's go get it. The other one that's really interesting, I think, is Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson is lagging about three or four weeks behind. But this is one of those, it's almost like the election. They may pass everybody because Johnson & Johnson is a single-dose vaccine, where these other ones are a double dose. You take a dose, 
and then you get a booster booster. in 21 days. So potentially we could have four blockbuster vaccines here by January or February. Um, All right, so that's the future. Let's talk more about the immediate concerns. I know the infection rate is above 12% and hospitalizations, they say, are very, very high. You're someone who's in this every single day walking in the hospital. What is true? What is false? Where are we? Yep, let's put it in as big a perspective as I can for you. October 5th, we were down to nine COVID patients in the hospital with not one of them in the critical care unit. So nine and none in the critical care. Here we are today, uh, November 11th, we have 94 patients in the hospital with COVID, 14 of them in the critical care unit, 21 admissions yesterday. So 21 admissions in one day, and yet at one time we had nine more long-term COVID patients uh, just a little bit over a month ago. Are some of those patients, or are you even allowed to, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how much you can say, but are you allowed to say, like, are some of these people, like, a little more susceptible, or is it just, like, run the gamut from one thing to another, like you didn't expect people to have it who were in the hospital? Yeah, Melissa, it's really, it's an interesting question because as we looked at it in the in the spring, if you all remember, it was, oh, this nursing home got hit, this nursing home got hit. What we're seeing now is these are more community. They're coming from their homes. They certainly do have some comorbidities to get to the point where in the hospital. But we're discharging them a lot quicker because everything has changed, right? We know we now have remdesivir. We now have dexamethasone. We now have some history of of how to treat these patients. We know to put them on blood thinners to prevent blood clots, things that were keeping them in the hospital longer. So very encouraging from that point of view as well as the vaccine point of view. All right, let's t- I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that's uh, on the treatment level. And then you keep seeing stories about the uh, possible prevention measures that we can take as individuals. I know you hear about load up on vitamin D, take a lot of zinc, all of these different things. Is there any value to any of that? Yeah, you know, so right now everyone is saying, hey, let's do everything you can to maximize your immune system, things that we probably should be doing every day. You know, vitamin D, especially this time of the year, take vitamin D supplement. You're not getting it from the sunlight. Zinc has shown some to be an antiviral, which is really good. A lot of people right now are saying, talk to your doctor about the potential of taking a baby aspirin just to decrease any possibility of clots. All of that and eating healthy is certainly things that we should be doing. And it's going to allow those asymptomatic or those people with very minor symptoms to even have less symptoms. So we get concerned about those that hit the tipping point and need to be hospitalized. But everybody should be doing what they can to make their immune system better. Sure. Uh, the governor came out yesterday with a new mitigation level. Uh, obviously, this is a big uh, source of contention all over the states, uh, with, all over the state with people falling on both sides as to what is the right way to go about doing it. Do you think there's value in what we're doing? Do you see any value in uh, things reopening and and a national mask mandate? Do you see any value in moving forward, or do you believe that the right thing to do is pull back, or are people going to house parties more instead of going out? What What's your take on it? Yeah, that that's my biggest take. What you just said that last minute was probably my biggest take, is, you know, at this point, now what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot more people saying, okay, we can't go out. Well, then come over to our house. And we know that when people are in their own home, they're going to have less masking on. They probably will spend more time with people. You go out to dinner with somebody, you might be with them for an hour, hour and a half. You go to their home, you might be with them for three hours. So that's the concerning part. And with Thanksgiving coming up, we certainly have that concern as well. You get a group of 10 people together, you get a group of 20 people together, there's a chance that two to four of them are going to be uh, asymptomatic positive and could potentially spread it. So 
we're much more cautious actually when we're out than we are in our own home. So some of these mitigation may actually backfire. And I keep seeing these tents all over with restaurants and they look worse than being inside because it's absolutely the sides are down. There's no flow at all. It seems like almost a worse uh, attempt at a solution than a better one. Absolutely. I wish we would have taken the time to go to restaurants and say, get your HVAC teams out here. Let's work on air circulation and airflow and let's do some math and science beside about this instead of just saying let's eat outside put all the vents or all the sides down Mm -hmm. and have no circulation so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but um i'm just a doc so i don't know (laughs) hey doctor (laughs) on the vaccine thing once it's widely available let's say june of next year like you said uh do you have any numbers we hear a lot about people who don't want to take vaccines or who just don't want to take any vaccines Do you have numbers on how many people there are that are dead set against it? Or more specifically, do you have any clue how many people would be hesitant to take this one quickly? Yeah, I think, Whip, I'm hoping that things have changed. So there was a Gallup poll mainly done during the election time where there was this big push to get the vaccine out before the election. And people were very hesitant then to say, wait a second, this is a political thing. They're just going to try to push it through. I hope now that everyone's taken a step back and said, you know what, now we're letting science decide this. So you looked at that. There were many companies that could have said something prior to the election and didn't. They waited their time. They got their data. Their data has been independently peer-reviewed. So now we know that an independent body has looked at the information from Pfizer. This is just not Pfizer coming out. Mm -hmm. So that should be very reassuring. And I I, I tell all my doctors right now, you guys, look at the science because we have to be the cheerleaders here. If we're not the ones to first step up and take this, patients are going to say, well, if you didn't get it, why should I get it? So very important right now to see the data. Uh, final question for you, Dr. Most. Before we let you go, I know that you have a big meeting coming up at 9 o'clock uh, about all this. But uh, with all this being said, with everything that's come out, with the Pfizer news yesterday, uh, with you saying that the potential exists that uh, next May or June the public at large could have this, does this mean there is a chance for the summer of rock? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, go. Yes. That's all we need to right. hear. Because we want to be able what? to go to the Summer of Rock yeah. at Lollapalooza and maybe see a baseball game. Are you saying there's a chance? And you think about this. We've been having these conversations since February, and I've mm-hmm. been saying no, no, no. I am now saying yes, there is a chance. That just uh, happened. Science has spoken. You know what I call feels, that? I call that life. Life so, is back. It's so good and, to hear and you let say me that. Put it in, let me put it in perspective, Eric. There is no chance that Kansas is going to be Texas this weekend. That is absolutely <laughs> true. Zero chance. Put your money on the Longhorns. All right. Thanks, Doc. Good luck with the meeting today. You got it. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. We'll see yeah, you. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Fun. There you go. Ugh. He's a KU guy. Oh, yeah, so. he, even regardless of the fact he's a KU guy, he seems decent. <laughs> yeah, in some ways. Right. He's like he knows a lot, too. He seems decent. I mean, for a guy who went to Kansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you Kansas too. plays uh, the Texas Longhorns this weekend. You know, I'm a Longhorn now. So, yes, you, know. you are. Kansas, uh, not a football school. No, nah, they're, they're a they basketball. Really, rock, they rock, Jayhawk, a, yeah. uh, they seem yeah, like a doctor school. Yeah. Yeah. They a, they're a doctor school, too. <laughs> Maybe. Texas is more of a, of a vodka school. <laughs> okay. On the mix. Yeah. Tidbit Tuesday. Oh, hey, Louis Capaldi. <laughs> Louis Capaldi breaks UK chart record set by Ed Sheeran. He is now bigger in the UK than Ed. Oh, wow. What? You're kidding me. That's big. 
Wow. Lewis's album now has the most consecutive weeks in the UK top 10 by a solo artist. He has now surpassed Ed Sheeran for that uh, wow. title. I'm going to go Ed takes that as a challenge. Oh, he boy. will not rest until he reclaims the throne. Let's talk about all sorts of success. Ariana Grande breaks Miley Cyrus's record for fastest woman to accumulate three number one albums. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know Miley was uh, ahead of everybody else. Miley's ahead of like Beyonce and... A host of others. I so think for Madonna. fastest. Wow, fastest. fastest. Yep, that's okay. it. David Guetta was named the world's top DJ. Whip came in at sixth. Yeah, I'm not bad. There. Top five okay. by not next bad. year. Top five <laughs> by 21. Right there behind Diplo and Zed. Yeah, well, those guys are hard to beat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune is coming to ABC with Pat Sajak and Vanna White set to host. You know, we keep talking about all these uh, game shows. Yeah. uh, Jeopardy's been in the news, obviously, with the sad passing of Alex Trebek. Now, Wheel of Fortune, they're going to do a celebrity version. About movies right now, A Quiet Place franchise is getting a spinoff film. Hmm. Is it going to be with John Krasinski? John Krasinski has a new idea for another A Quiet Place, and it looks like it's happening. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the 41-year-old actor who also directed and co-wrote the original and its sequel will be producing a third film in the franchise along Michael Bay, Andrew Foreman, Brad Fuller. Some some big names. So John Krasinski on a roll. He's a big deal right now. On a roll. Liam Neeson is going to start a new action movie called Retribution, which is basically Speed with Liam Neeson. Oh, okay. It seems like every Liam Neeson movie is taken. Yeah. You know, or yeah. some version of Pretty it. Pretty much that over and over and over. Yeah. Even joked about that on TED. Do I have that clip? On TED. There you go. <laughs> What's the one he's got? Uh, Honest Thief is the one he's yeah. got out right now. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Sam's Club is selling cheese advent calendars so you can feast oh, all December long. Yes! You love yourself some cheese. Go to Sam's Club for that. Red Lobster is releasing a limited edition holiday gift box filled with the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Oh, those All are right. so uh, good. Those. Uh, see this story yesterday in the picture of the kid, the third grader who won America's Best Mullet? No, I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, oh, yeah. he, he, he looks solid. He is solid Joe Dirt. Yes. Is he really? He is solid Joe Dirt. So, is it really long in the back? It look, he looks just like Joe Dirt. He's a third grader who looks like Joe Dirt. Oh, And wow. there was an actual competition. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And the third grader walked away with the title. Yeah. Uh, in related news, there is a liquor shortage due to coronavirus now. Oh. There is not. Yep. I could see that. CBS what? says liquor stores are having trouble keeping premium brands on shelves because of the coronavirus panic mm. buying. Crown Royal is hard to stock. Also, premium tequilas from Mexico. I mentioned Ben Bradley coming over, and all he wanted was tequila, and I didn't have any tequila. Oh, he's he a tequila fun. guy? Yeah, he was beside himself. Didn't he drink all yours? Then he drank all the bourbon. Yeah. Yep. That story. A new survey says men should be allowed to donate sperm after death. Whip. Uh, yes, yes, we should. Yes. Which what? side am I? Which side of this am I on? I'm I not sure. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't have a side on this. I'm okay. just a guy sharing it. How does that even work? I just uh, thought it was an interesting headline. Definitely is. Sperm donations from dead men is ethically permissible. Say doctors seeking to tackle the shortage of live donors in the UK. There's oh, a shortage. Yeah, so they can harvest it after you're dead. Ah, okay. Well. Yeah, oh, then you're not on the hook for anything, really. Well, you know, yeah, at that point, you're just like, whatever. Uh, okay. Yep. You just yep. do what you need to do. Here's something that's good for you. <laughs> Chili peppers are good for your health. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. The new step was good. Uh, you must work at the Cleveland <laughs> Clinic. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Side a, hustle at the Cleveland Yeah. <laughs> a new study by the Cleveland Clinic reveals that people who eat chili peppers may be less likely to die of heart disease and cancer. Wow, good. Eat it up. I I still can't do it. How about listening to the chili peppers? That that does not qualify as anything. Uh, Did you know a new study also says nearly half of happiness is genetic? Well, really? Don't you think people are genetically disposed to like... Or predisposed. I don't know. My family seems depressed. I'm not happy. I can't hear your both (laughs) 
what happens. I want to hear they more. Clean? You're what both having cl- your own conversations. <laughs> What's yeah. your Cleveland Clinic colleague say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. We, we right. concur. Uh, that's happiness. <laughs> Let's go from happiness to rudeness. The rudest states in the uh, country has just been released according to a new study. What do you think is the rudest state in the U.S.? New York. That is exactly correct. Oh, okay. So no wild cards there. That was something sure. you could have yeah. guessed. If right. you were to guess who comes in second, though. Second, Billy? third, or fourth. That's not a state. That's oh, a I'm sorry. Um, Where's Billy? My chair keeps falling down. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you take sorry. a little time out? Go back out, get some coffee. Oh, my God. It really did just fall. Yeah. Any other guesses? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey, no. What? Virginia in what? number two. Virginia is for lovers, they claim. No, it's Whoa. not. Followed by Washington and Iowa in the top four. Really? For rude states. You know, we were talking about people proposing a second ago. Oof. Motocross rider fakes crash in order to propose. Then everybody oh goes silent. God. I can't stop I them from talking, it. and then they go completely I silent and stare at me. I, I couldn't it. hear anything. Like, I didn't understand what you said. Motocross rider fakes crash in order to propose. Okay. It happened in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. A rider recently faked the crash in order to propose to his girlfriend, Jeremy Durst, purposely lost control of his bike and slid into a barrier. His girlfriend, Sarah, ran over panicked on the track as he got down on one knee and proposed. Oh, no. That's just weird. Yeah, that's, that's a, not fun. That didn't that's make scary. any sense. Pretty that good trick. Is completely weird, and you should say no, lady. And finally, <laughs> and finally on Tidbit Tuesday, Friendsgiving Island is available for a week-long rental over Thanksgiving. Yeah! Hotels.com said Friendsgiving Island would normally cost $1,400 per night, but it's being offered for $50 per night per person for a group of six from November 14th through the 21st. A getaway for the week of of the holiday on Friendsgiving Island, a private island off the Florida coast. The island Mm. features a three-bedroom house and a boat that will be available for use during this seven-night stay on the island. Wow, that's nice. Yep. Friendsgiving. Thanksgiving. You can believe it? It's 16 days away. Thanks for listening to the Eric in the Morning podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a moment of Eric in the Morning on 101.9 The Mix Chicago.